The following podcast is intended for general information and entertainment purposes only. It should not be substituted for professional medical or psychological advice. Before beginning or changing a treatment plan, please consult your local healthcare professional. Welcome back to another episode of Bio Psycho Social. I am Jordan. I am a nurse. And I'm Kayla, and I'm going to close these curtains a little bit. That's better. That's better. Hi, I'm Kayla. I'm a therapist. I'm and, a therapist. I'm sure. I'm positive. And Kayla knows lighting. Uh, so welcome back to another episode before the holiday. Why did I just repeat that? Anyway. Well, actually, this is going to air on Christmas Eve. So happy holidays. Happy Yay. Christmas. If, happy Christmas, like we're British. If you happy celebrate Christmas. it, happy holidays otherwise, or happy it's just a regular fucking day for you. Have the day that you need to have. Yeah. You can also have a shitty Christmas if the situation warrants, or a quiet Christmas, or a funny Christmas, or a weird Christmas, or a complicated emotions Christmas. Have the holiday you need to have. We're with the people you need to have it with. Don't hang out with toxic people because you share DNA. Don't do that. Yeah, we're in support of all of it. Yeah, we, we support it all. Um, so we had another rousing and uplifting and, you know, very light episode of the 2016 case of Austin Haruf. How do you say his name? I didn't look it up. I want to say Haruf. Haruf. I don't know if that's correct, though. Haruf. That's how I was pronouncing it in my head. I, I was saying Haruf, which means it's 100% wrong. I didn't bother to look it up either because he's the perp. So in 2016, he murdered um, Michelle Mishkan and John Stevens III. And he was found by police to be um, biting the face of one of the victims. Uh, and this case was recently in the news, even though it happened in 2016, he was found not guilty by reason of insanity and was committed to a mental, mental institution for the, you know, criminally insane, if you will. Um, Which is very rare. So yes. you can try if you want to enter a plea by not of, of not guilty by reason of insanity, but good fucking luck because it takes a lot to prove that you actually were not of sound mind when the crime occurred. Exactly. Um, and I think it's like less than 5% of cases like that. are able to successfully use that as a plea. Yeah. So don't commit a crime thinking that you can get out of it by reason of insanity. Don't commit a crime. Yeah, don't commit a crime. That's just, just yeah. Especially don't murder someone. Don't murder That's someone. That's easy not to do. It's really easy not to do. You, you know, you have to eat, you have to sleep, you have to go to the bathroom. You don't have to murder somebody. Right. Right. So this is easy enough to do. Um, yeah, don't become one of our episodes. Yeah, we don't want to do an episode on you. No. Because how, how how would that make us look if you committed a crime and then we had to do an episode on you and talk about how you were a fan of our show? That would look bad on us. That's so a bad luck. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, we, we want to be very inspirational by, you know, positivity and being feminist icons, but not murder inspirers. Oh, and before we get into it today, I think we haven't done it in a while. So I just wanted to say thank you to our patrons, Brian, Alexis, and Jill. We speaking appreciate your support. Yeah, speaking of icons, we appreciate your support. You can join our Patreon $3 a month and you get access to an uncut video of this podcast recording. You get to see our lovely faces. For $1 a month, you get a <laughs> shout out. You don't have to, but it, you know, it could be fun for you. It would be fun for you. I didn't realize you can also see how blue my fingertips are. Um, I got my hair rebleached and colored. I have a bunch of colors in my hair. And every time I touch my scalp, it, I'm just fighting a losing battle. So I, I, I really am breathing well. And you could check out our lighting and tell me if it's good. Yeah. I, and I think it is. I think we look wonderful. Yes. Yes. All right. So let's get into let's get into this happy episode. I watched the court TV. I just to get like a, there was like a court TV on YouTube. I saw um, Cindy Mishkan, uh, Michelle's sister, who was really fucking awesome, do a speech do a speech in court uh, before he was sentenced. 
and I got the basic case files off of that as well. And I also read the, the psych and mental evaluation that was completed by a physician. Yeah, Dr. Philip Resnick was yep. the psychiatrist, I think. Mm-hmm. It must have been a psychiatrist yep. um, that did the forensic, forensic exam, which I believe was the one that they submitted for evidence to use the insanity plea. Yes, it's, and I also, I I wanted to make sure I said this, uh, I even wrote it in my notes. I don't want to give any shade to this doctor because I really didn't envy him. Um, mm-hmm. As medical professionals, you, you make the best call that you can make. Exactly. Even if you look back on, you know, a care that you provided, a client, a, a patient, you know, you look back at it with different eyes, you might have done something different. doesn't mean that you did anything wrong. The especially in medicine, you get the information and come to a conclusion and you can get many different conclusions off of the same evidence or get to the same conclusion with different pieces of evidence. So I'm not throwing, I'm not throwing this guy under the bus at all. I weeded through this, I would have come to 10 different conclusions. I, I was I was having thoughts throughout this and my mind changed about 10 times as I was reading this. So this is not a slight against him or any other medical professional that does this because this is really, really, really tough. Nor is this a statement on all people with this mental health diagnosis by any means. No, not at all. Um, I think we've said this a million times, you're way more likely to be the victim of a violent crime than a perpetrator of a violent crime if you have a serious mental illness or to harm yourself, really. Correct. And what did you look at, Lovey? I just so I looked at the forensic exam by Dr. Philip Resnick. Um, I got most of my information there. I also um, I I grabbed some bits from the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual to give everyone like an overview of this diagnosis before we dive into it. So mm-hmm. like just like I was as as we're going through these different signs and symptoms, you can be like, oh yeah, that makes sense for this diagnosis. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I gave a little bit, I'm giving a little bit more information about that. And then at the end of this, just for funsies, we're going to do a little um, overview of clinical lycanthropy. All right. So um, I'm I'm not going to go too, too much into um, Cindy Mishkan's speech because half of it was redacted by Court TV because there were swear words in it because we can talk about people eating other people, but we can't say, we can't say fuck. Nonetheless, an emotional statement made by the loved one of the victim. Yeah. So of and course- she was actually also quoting the the guilty party. Oh, yeah. So there's that. And she was really coming for this guy and his family saying, you know, he called himself up while he was uh, the jailhouse recordings, which I actually did not watch because I didn't want to. I didn't watch any of no. that either. No, I didn't feel like it was relevant. No. Well, for me anyways. Um, but check her out. She was awesome. And yeah. her story should be heard. Shall we start with the basics? Yeah. So Austin was born. This is, yeah, we already said his name. Austin Austin. was born December 21st, 1996 in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida, making him about 19 or 20 at the time of this incident. Mm -hmm. He's a Sagittarius, but a Capricorn cusp. And I don't think he knew that. But because this came into play later on. Yeah, the Sagittarius piece comes into play. Mm -hmm. Um, And just a statement on cusps. Not everyone believes in that. But not everyone believes in horoscopes, so that's fine. Exactly. So, um, and the major players in this forensic examination, anyway, were his father, Doctor Wade Haruf, mm-hmm. who is a dentist, his mother Mina, mm-hmm. his sister Haley, and for like simplification, I called her his stepmother, yeah. Carrie yep. Gary Knowles, and his stepfather, Larry Bud Malo. Yeah, Bud. 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 So these are all of the people um, that. Dr. Resnick interviewed, in addition to interviewing Austin, mm-hmm. he also interviewed several of his friends. Friends, yes. And it got, in his grandma, it got really repetitive in the interviews. Yeah, they were just kind of corroborating what Austin yeah. had said. Yeah, and himself. they all, and that was something I noticed too, that the interviews were really, really, really consistent. Mm-hmm. That could be because it actually happened or because they all talked to each other. We don't know. His parents divorced, obviously. They both repartnered. He was 13 when his parents got divorced. Um, he described his mother as motherly. Okay. okay. And his dad is a loud redneck. Yes, his dad was a... His dad gave him a Trump hat. We'll just put it... Yeah, he way. did. And took him to a gun show before he committed a bunch of murder. This is so... It's so great. It's so great. It's so healthy. Um, he was an atheist until 2016. 
I just wrote that down. Um, he started uh, for substance abuse, which is actually relevant when it comes to discussing mental health and also developmental. Um, you can be place. you can be diagnosed with a mental health condition due to substance sure. use. Yeah, it happens. Sometimes it's it happens solely because of the substance use. Sometimes the substance use kicks off an underlying mental illness, like doing certain psychedelics. If you have a genetic propensity for psychotic illness, like it it runs in your family, it could kick that off where it normally might've been dormant for longer. Yes. And he did have some mental health in his family. His grandfather um, uh, was an alcoholic, had substance abuse issues, and his dad had severe depression and actually got ECT, electric convulsant therapy. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's pretty severe depression. Treatment resistant. Yeah, treatment resistant depression if if you're going the ECT route. It's not one. I think we've done it. I think we've discussed ECT on, on this show before. It's not one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Um, not anymore, no. Yeah, they're not it's, putting conducted in bite guards in people's mouths. For for one, you have to sign off mm-hmm. saying that you know all of the um, risks that you're taking, including memory loss. Huge, and they can only do it two times in one year. Right. Um, so he had to be in a he had to be in a really dark place. Actually, dentists have a really high incidence of suicide and mental health mental health and illness. So um, a lot of medical professionals do. He started drinking when he was about 17, which culturally isn't super early. Um, Heavily three times a week to the point of blackout while he was in college. He was in a frat. He was in a frat. (laughs) Which is part of the culture of fraternity life. I'm not saying good, bad, or indifferent, but what I'm saying is... It um, happens. It happens and it's not far. It wasn't an anomaly. He started smoking marijuana in high school for fun and to sleep. He has taken, he took mushrooms, Adderall, uh, tried LSD, Molly, and Xanax. He took Adderall to study, which unfortunately is not terribly uncommon in college. Yeah, I mean, it it didn't say anywhere in Dr. Resnick's report whether or not he was prescribed the Vyvanse or Adderall that he took. He said he wasn't. Six times he took Vyvanse and four times he took Adderall. No, he took, he didn't have a diagnosis of ADHD or, yeah. So he took it to study, which, like I said, was not terribly uncommon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He was a fat kid in middle school who wasn't. I love you like a fat kid loves cake. (laughs) He went to a magnet high school. He had a 3.3 GPA, which is uh, A A minus, B plus. Yeah. Was on the football team. He had um, some body image issues. Yeah. He got into like dieting and weightlifting when he yeah. was a freshman. Nothing really about his his life before this incident stood out to me. me it was either. pretty unremarkable. It was pretty like it was basic upper middle class right. stuff. Yeah, normal stuff. He got fat. He was fat. He was bullied. Um, he did... Like his mental health history stuff was like very, very, very unremarkable. Yeah, and I was like, that that there would be a meal break if you went over my mental health history, which could mean that he wasn't truthful, forthcoming about everything. But I feel like that would have come out in an interview with his parents too, right? If there was other stuff going on. He said, um, so his psych history, um, he was socially anxious. He was like a, kind of a shy person until you got to know him, which is a very common. Way to describe person, someone's personality. Um, He had a hard time sleeping. He had sleep paralysis. Um, He took melatonin to sleep. Had mild depression as a teen, but never for the length of two weeks, which is the diagnostic criteria for depression. Mm -hmm. And he had no signs and symptoms of depression before the murder. Had elevated moods in high school, but for less than a day, which is just well, I mean, human stuff. As an adolescent, that's probably normal. Yeah, that all seems although. There is such a thing as a cyclothymia, which is like baby, 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 baby bipolar disorder or rapid cycling um, bipolar disorder, which is when you can go, you can cycle through a mania and depression like all in one day. Yeah. That happens. But like I said, I think it was probably just because he was a teenager. It could be. More than anything. His, oh, I forgot. So his dad had ECT for depression. He was getting his uh, family medical and psych history. And he said he had an uncle who was weird. Yeah, he doesn't. He he said my uncle didn't have any for like any actual formal diagnosis, but he he was was weird. weird. Like that's okay. Like in what way? I want more information. (laughs) But yeah, he was weird. Which is, I feel like, like the nondescript. Like it drives me crazy. I'm just gonna go off on a tangent for a minute. It drives me crazy when you hear it's you know it's boomers. I'll say it's boomers. Uh, saying we didn't have all these diagnoses and all the spectrums and all the things. 
when we were growing up. I'm like, you did. Just people weren't diagnosed. They were just the weirdo. (laughs) Right. And we also thought like the entire solar system revolved around planet Earth until we discovered otherwise. Right. More information comes to us and we know better now. Yeah. Or they were slow, or they were off, or they had a lot of cats, or there was the person with all the shit in their lawn. Probably mentally unwell. Anyway, late teens, early 20s, which is when mental mental illness sort of rears its ugly head, um, started to come out in... Oh, let me go over before you, because we're going to dive into this. This Yeah, we are. This is interesting. So before we go into that... Dr. Resnick gave him the diagnosis of bipolar one disorder. Most recent episode manic uh, with psychotic features, all of which I agreed with. So I want to, because I had that knowledge in the back of my mind as I was reading it and I was like, oh yeah, definitely. Before I even got to the diagnosis, I want you guys to have this information too, before we go through it. So Mm -hmm. a manic episode for diagnosis of bipolar one disorder as defined by the DSM-5, a distinct period of abnormally and persistently elevated, expansive, or irritable mood and abnormally and persistently increased goal-directed activity or energy, lasting at least one week and present most of the day, nearly every day. During the period of mood disturbance and increased energy or activity, three or more of the following symptoms, four if the mood is only irritable, are present to a significant degree and represent noticeable change from usual behavior. Pay attention. Inflated self-esteem or grandiosity... Decreased need for sleep, such as feels rested after only three hours of sleep. More talkative than usual or pressure to keep talking. That's when you can't get a word in other, you know, edgewise while you're talking to somebody. That's pressured speech. Mm -hmm. Flight of ideas or subjective experience that thoughts are racing. Distractibility as reported or observed. Uh, Increase in goal-directed activity, either socially at work or school or sexually. So excessive involvement in activities that have high potential for painful consequences. So there's a lot of risky behavior. So um, unrestrained buying spree, sexual indiscretions, or foolish business investments. The mood or disturbance, the mood disturbance is significantly severe to cause marked impairment in social or occupational functioning. This this criteria is pregnant. Uh, pregnant. <laughs> This, <laughs> this criteria is present for every mental health diagnosis because, like, if you're sad and it's not affecting your relationships, your work, your social life, that's the same as relationships, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It might, it's probably doesn't rise to a diagnostic. It's, you know, it's not, um, like, we don't have to diagnose it. Maybe you're just having an off day, you know? Uh, the episode is not attribu- attributable to the psychological or physiological effects of a substance or another medical condition. Right. And seen. So keep all of that in mind as we keep all that in mind. Go through this. I did hand gestures so you can remember them better. If you, that's why you should be our patrons. Yes. Yes. Um. So in the weeks leading up to the, <laughs> it's not funny. Leads leading up to the murder. This kid, this white kid from Florida decided he wanted to become a rapper. And Kayla, do you want to say his name or do you want me to? Frosty Frosty. I did not watch the videos on YouTube. Yeah, he has a YouTube channel. Austy Frosty. I, it's probably still up or somebody you had know, a good sense of taking it down. Well, I was going to say somebody reposted it if it was taken down. I'm sure. Because people always do that on YouTube. Yes. Oh, Austy Frosty. So he had obsessive ideas about becoming a rapper. Um, he wanted to be part of the Black Lives Matter movement, which is great. Stan. Um, however, however. <laughs> he wanted to he, he wanted to become a civil rights figure. So he fasted like Gandhi, wanted to unite everyone and believed he had a special charisma. Sounds like um, Jim Jones. Oh, uh, yeah. If you remember that episode. Mm-hmm. Felt a responsibility as a Jesus-like figure to solve others' problems. So he believed that dark clothing or the or darkness was evil and invited the devil in. This is important. Mm-hmm. Became fearful that a dark spirit would kill him in his sleep on the days leading up to August 15th, which is when the murder occurred. Right. And he didn't sleep uh, from August 4th to August 7th. Mm. Mm-hmm. This started, well, it, it started in July, yeah. but it, it started to become worse after he visited his, his girlfriend. Yeah. He so came back from visiting his girlfriend for some reason, but nothing remarkable happened on that visit. No. 
Um, in early in when he was at work, he was he worked at a dental office, which makes sense. Um, he was being too friendly with clients. He was oversharing and making the clients like uncomfortable. Like, what is yeah. this guy even talking about? There was no emotional boundary there. So no. he was also taking on their stuff. Yeah. Even though they weren't asking him to. <laughs> right. He thought about dyeing his hair blue, which I took personal offense to. So he, on the week leading up to August 15th, he had a consistent elevated moon. Brain was always running. He felt like he was super powered. Mm-hmm. He had hallucinations of monsters and demons while he was waking from sleep, which is called a, it's either hypnopompic or hypnagogic hallucinations. And actually very normal. Many of us experience yeah. those. Um, outside of mental health issues. He was obsessed with philosophy, religion, Illuminati, famous mm-hmm. figures like Tony fucking Robbins. I thought that was so freaking weird. Lincoln and Krishna. Like Tony Robbins mm-hmm. and Abraham Lincoln. One of these things is <laughs> not like the other. He believed he could manipulate water and that it could give him energy and he could bless it to sterilize it. Yep. He had very poor insight as to his mental health. And the report Mm -hmm. of Dr. Resnick's report states that he had all symptoms of a manic episode the week before August 15th. And remember, we said one of the diagnostic criteria was that these symptoms are present for at least a week. He started being really glopping onto his family, including the family dog. Like Hubble. Hubble. Yeah, he was more active in the dog's care as he hadn't been before. Um, he was asking his sister and his mom, can he sleep in the same room with him, sleep in bed with them? He wanted closeness. He started wearing it. A grandmother, his grandmother died and she had like this very elaborate cross that they yeah. that his mom gave to him and was like, hey, keep it in your pocket, keep it in your car. And he's like, nope, we're on this sucker. Yeah. And he only took it off because his dad told him it was girly. Mm. Toxic masculinity. It he the reason he wanted to be close to his family was because because he felt like he had to protect them. He thought that he and specifically his sister Haley were under attack by demons. Mm -hmm. He also believed that he was part dog sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so he felt that Hubble could protect them. So that's why he wanted to take care of Hubble and keep the dog close. He thought medication was poison, which is pretty not uncommon. Not uncommon, no. He like he was he was paranoid that his food drinks were being poisoned. Um, He went out to dinner with his dad and his stepmom and I and his dad asked him to try to get him to have an alcoholic beverage, which is really the wrong answer for somebody in a mental health crisis. Right? He was like, have a drink to calm down. It's like, sir. (laughs) And not that I'm blaming his dad for what happened. No, 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 no. I mean, he didn't handle it well. But also you're a mental health, not a mental health, you're a medical professional. Yeah. Have some sort of it. Anyway, so he was like, come on, have a drink. It'll be all better. Sir. Sir. <laughs> what? Anyway, so he left. They got to a fight. He left the restaurant. Never. Yeah, not to be seen. That was right before the right before the incident happened. He thought yeah. he developed an, intu- an interest. And we said this before mm-hmm. in centaurs because centaur centaurs. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because the um, Sagittarius is represented by a centaur part man, part horse, mm-hmm. if you don't know what that means. Um, so he went back and forth between believing that he was part dog and he was part horse and behaved thusly. Um, yeah. And that was a lot of the additional evidence, the additional interviews that Dr. Resnick did. Mm-hmm. Everybody confirmed this. Like his sister took a recording of him mm-hmm. because she was in the car with him and he was driving erratically. And she yeah. was like, fucking stop the car. Mm-hmm. I want to drive. Let's switch spots. And he got in the in the back, like through the hatchback of the car yeah. and was acting like a dog. Yeah. And so she started recording him. And she was very frightened of his behavior yeah. in this week because it was unusual for him. It was very bizarre. And she would lock her door when she was sleeping. Yeah. Not that he had violent tendencies no, prior to this, scared. but she yeah. was disturbed. Yeah. Um, he jumped on like the hood of his friend's car. And she was telling, um, his sister told him, told their mom, she goes, you have to make him a therapy appointment. Mm-hmm. Call 911. Yeah. And in Florida, there's the Baker Act. So you can, it's not as difficult as, in, as it is in other states to get someone involuntarily committed. Mm-hmm. And their family can do that. Whereas I, in Connecticut, you have to have a judge sign off on yeah. that. Um, and, and it has to be coming from a medical professional, like yeah. a, a medical doctor. Um, it can't be from a therapist. And, you also, once the person gets there, 
because of our lovely healthcare system and our privatized insurance mm-hmm. system, you have to convince the insurance that it's medically necessary for the individual to A, be in involuntary hold and yeah. B, stay there for an extended period of time, which is difficult. It is very, very difficult. Um, danger. The key words are danger to yourself, danger to somebody else, gravely disabled, which you could argue your way in and out of that yeah. pretty well. He was at this point in time didn't seem like a danger to others, but absolutely a danger to himself, absolutely. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And definitely gravely disabled. Absolutely absolutely. He wasn't functioning at all. Oh. And yep, so he was obsessed with being a vet. Oh, and he was definitely a danger to himself. He was walking around, I think it was after he left the restaurant, um, and flagged down a car and got into a stranger's car. It was a veteran. He thought he was a veteran because he had a veteran hat on um, and two teenagers. And they were like, yeah, sure. But you're sitting in the bed of the truck. Wise on their part, but he could have gotten killed. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. He also thought he was invincible. So he mm-hmm. on this particular day, are we talking about August 15th now? I'm on August 14th. That's when they went to the gun show. Okay. August 14th. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, so two the- tickets to the gun show. <laughs> So his father um, took him to the gun show and he was asking uh, the vendors at the gun show for advice on how to protect himself because he was fearful for himself and for the people around him. If you remember way back on our episode on the McDonald triad and how it's bunk, one of the conclusions that Dr. McDonald came to was that you're more likely to predict violent behavior in individuals who have a persecutory delusion. Um, And these are individuals who think the X is out to get me, whether that be the Illuminati, the demons, Tom Cruise, like, I don't know why he came to mind. Same thing. Um, Is out to get me and I have to protect myself and my family. And I'm paranoid that everything I do and everything I say is being recorded or watched and I'm being stalked or whatever that is a very dangerous period of time. And a lot of people don't, who are not mental health, mental health professionals don't know this. Otherwise I think his family would have had him committed. Sure. Um, But it's a very dangerous point in time because what do you do if you feel threatened in that way? You jump to protect yourself. You're hypervigilant. Mm -hmm. You may lock yourself in your, you know, whatever you would have to do if you really truly thought someone was after you. It's a very thing, very scary thing to be afraid of. And as soon as somebody meets that criteria, even slightly, and even in your perception, you're going to react. Your cortisol levels are through the roof. Yes. You're, it's fight or flight. You're ready to fight. And he bought himself some snake jerky. And he, he thought, yeah, he thought that he was doing a good thing because snakes represent evil, of course. Right. And he was wearing a Michael Vick jersey during all this as well, because Michael Vick had been so violent toward dogs. He identified with being a dog himself. So he thought wearing that jersey would make Michael Vick, turn Michael Vick into a good guy. Which I don't think anyone is capable of doing. Negative. And he was wearing sunglasses everywhere because he was protecting him, trying to protect himself from darkness. (laughs) I think that brings us up to the 15th. Yeah, the 15th was when he was wearing himself the Michael Vick jersey. He did purchase himself a knife at the gun show. He did. Never bring a knife to a gun show. No. (laughs) And then his father gave him a Trump hat because what goes better with... untreated mental illness, snake jerky, and a knife other than a Trump hat. And he wore it backwards because he felt felt that it would propel him forwards, which, okay. Okay, fine. Oh, and then he ran around the beach. Yeah, so he described on the day of the 15th, he said that he was in a good mood, but his delusions were still present. He went to the beach to go for a run. Yep. Uh, He thought he was half man, half dog, and connected with the dogs that he saw at the beach. Yeah. He... Then, for some reason, wanted to go home, and he walked or ran about three or four miles home. So think about what that would be like for you. I mean, he was fairly physically fit, but I, I'm not about to run or walk. I'm calling a fucking Uber just to go three or four miles home. Are you kidding me? I would run, but I'm a runner. But also, this kid, in I, I also have to bring up, this kid hasn't slept in probably a week. He isn't I, eating. He's not drinking because he thinks everything is out to harm him. So he's not acting like himself. No, he's not in peak physical form no, at this moment no. in time. He believed he was invincible, like I said before. Yep. Dad wanted to give him some Xanax, which I believe was prescribed to him. Mm-hmm. And he refused because he had rejected all drugs and alcohol. Sure. Prescribed drugs or otherwise, no alcohol, no drugs. Mm-hmm. Dad 
was like, fine, I'm taking your car keys so you can't go anywhere. He went outside and jumped on the hood of the car until dad returned the keys. He then yes. went to hang out with Haley uh, and his friends. Mm-hmm. And he, his delusions and b- bizarre behavior continued in their yep. presence. They drank and smoked. He did not participate. Right. So then they went to dinner at Duffy's mm-hmm. with dad and Carrie. Yep. And he believed that he was the angel of death and Carrie was an angel of life. He left to go to mom. They got into him and dad right. got into a verbal altercation and mm-hmm. he left to go to mom's house, um, but doesn't remember how he got there. So he comes back to Duffy's. And then he has a verbal altercation with dad. I don't know. I've had a verbal altercation at the Mexican restaurant. They did here too. And they did. The, okay. And he, he said, I want to teach dad a lesson. I'm going to walk home. Like I'm going to put yeah. myself in danger essentially. So on the walk home, he believed he was being hunted essentially by demons yeah. and was that like Jordan said, that fight or flight response was through the roof happening. Um, he was in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. So he. Saw a white light from the garage and thought of it as a refuge where he could seek Mm -hmm. help um, and protection. So a woman, he gets inside. Now, this is all from Austin's perspective. This is how he reported it to Dr. Resnick. Mm -hmm. After the event, after he was medicated, after he began to have insight about what was happening. I won't say anymore. Um, A woman, so a woman inside the garage, he said, was screaming. Mm -hmm. And because of this, he thought she was a witch. Yes. And he says, I picked up a machete or something, Mm -hmm. his words, and began stabbing and biting her because he thought he was a dog. That's why he was biting her. He was tearing at her flesh with his teeth. He believes he may have drank a bottle of alcohol after stabbing her, but doesn't, I don't know. And then he said, a man appeared in the doorway with a dog. I believe I stabbed him also. And then he doesn't recall anything after that except waking up in the hospital. At the hospital... By the way, at the mm-hmm. hospital, he gave the incorrect name. Austin, Austin Moore? Yes, and Moore was the last name of one of the EMTs that brought him to the hospital. Okay. So he was probably confused. Probably eye level with the badge. Um, didn't recall biting the man, and um, John Stevens' male victim was the one that he bit the face of, and he, the um, man he was actively biting when the cops came. Mm-hmm. So he gets to the hospital, and he gets medically evaluated at the hospital. So the examination in the hospital after the dust settled, after you know, after the event happened, he was alert and oriented times three, which is to person, place, and time. When you say alert and oriented times four, usually, which is the situation, why are you here? Um, but they just said alert and oriented times three. He could name the six um, most recent presidents backwards. I tried it. I got 12. <laughs> I think I got... Did I you got do as, it too? No, I, yeah, I did, but I got as far as like George Bush Senior because that's when I was born, and then I was like, everyone after or before that's irrelevant. I got <laughs> to, I wasn't born yet. <laughs> I got to Kennedy. Um, he was described as having a full range of emotions. You can say, oh shit, a full range of emotion ways. Mood was was uh, depressed. Um, he shook with discussion of the homicide, uh, and he did have. He did have some insight into his illness. I, I do. I forgot to mention this, and I do want to verbalize this. When they took his phone, he was searching manic episodes, intrusive thought. Like he, like he knew something was going on with him. Yes. yes. Um. And the diagnosis um uh, was uh, bi- yeah bipolar one with psychotic features. Can we talk about the police report of the incident? Yes, we can. I think was a pretty... This is what I think people took away from this case Mm -hmm. in particular. Austin stated to Sergeant Dykes on scene, Mm -hmm. help me, I ate something bad. Sergeant Dykes said, what did you eat? And Austin said, humans. Um, Officers deployed both a taser and canine unit on Austin, and neither had an effect on him. So imagine sicking a German shepherd on you that is trained to bite you in specific locations and it not having any effect on you there's got to be something fucked up going on in your system for that not to affect in a taser too they're literally being electrocuted so they reported he had superhuman strength and he did not stop attacking the victims until a deputy performed a heel strike on his head now i'm very critical of police brutality and methods that police use i think this was appropriate in this case because he was not stopping no he wasn't getting off of the victim so they had no other choice. It yeah. Sounds like they followed an appropriate. They did. Yeah. They sequence. didn't jump. They didn't shoot him. Right. Yeah. So that Except was, he was he was begging them to shoot. Him. He was. He was. We were trying me, to do me. Yeah. suicide by cop here. He said, I did something terrible. Just shoot me. Just shoot me. And I, I think she said, 
the um, sergeant that he was speaking mm-hmm. to said, I didn't have the opportunity to shoot him. And yeah, I was I'm, like, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. That's an odd way of saying it, but okay. So just to clarify to everyone what psychosis means, because people definitely get this wrong um, mm-hmm. all the time. Hallucinations, delusions, and confused or disturbed thoughts have to be present in order to be diagnosed with psychosis. So this is from the NHS.UK. Mm-hmm. Hallucinations are where someone sees, hears, smells, tastes, or feels things that do not exist outside of their mind. So sight, seeing color, shapes, or people, sounds, hearing voices or other sounds, touch, feeling touched when there is nobody there, mm-hmm. smell, an odor that other people cannot smell, or taste, a taste when there's nothing in the mouth. That is typically a that is typically something physically wrong with your brain, like a stroke as well. I want to mention that yeah. out loud. Please get medical attention if you're smelling something that's not there. Yeah, like burnt toast. Yeah. Uh, delusions are where a person has an unshakable belief in something that's not true. Mm-hmm. A person with persecutory delusions like Austin had mm-hmm. may believe an individual or organization is making plans to hurt or kill them. A person with grandiose delusions may believe that they have power or authority. For example, they may think that they're president of a country or that they have the power to bring people back from the dead. Mm -hmm. People who have psychotic episodes are often unaware that their delusions or hallucinations are not real, which may lead them to feel frightened or distressed. Right. Confused and disturbed thoughts. People with psychosis often have disturbed, confused, and disrupted patterns of thoughts. Signs of this include rapid and constant speech, disturbed speech. For example, they may switch from one topic to another mid-sentence. A sudden loss in their train of thought, resulting in an abrupt pause in conversation or activity. So this is what we call in the mental health field, part of that disturbed speech is called word salad. I was about to say, that's one of my favorite. Uh, Yeah, mine too. Yeah, word salad. So that's when, you know, you're hearing someone with psychosis talk and you're like, huh? Huh? Like none of those things connect. But if you really take the time to like hear what they're saying and write down points, they do connect. Um, they're just not stringing them in a way that makes sense to those of us who are of sound mind. You have to listen to them with the closed captions is what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. And also flight of ideas, which he was yes, huge, 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 huge flight of ideas mm-hmm. and really grandiose. That like keeps coming up in my notes. Flight of ideas, grandiose. flight of, And flight of ideas is like, oh, so I was at the store today and then I found, oh my God, look, there's a dog over there. And I like dogs. Oh my God. Yes. You know what likes dogs? You know who is- And that's not yeah. an ADHD thing, folks. No. That's not how ADHD works. But anyways, and then I wanted to be very clear that psychosis can be a diagnosis of its own. Mm -hmm. It can be part of depression. Yep. It can be part of bipolar disorder. It's part of schizophrenia spectrum. Um, It can be a symptom of trauma. Mm -hmm. Met a lot of folks in my experience, a lot of folks, especially with trauma around sexual assault, will have um, hallucinations of someone physically touching them or shadows or something like that. It can also be part of an organic issue. So that's something biological with the brain, such as epilepsy, or like Jordan said, stroke. Stroke, epilepsy. If somebody is detoxing off of a drug, um, you get a lot of auditory visual hallucinations and paranoia. Urinary tract, you know, an infection, especially with the elderly, mental status change is huge. ICU psychosis is a thing too. Yes, yes, it certainly is. ICU delirium, ICU psychosis, getting your days and nights um, mixed up. I've actually seen that quite a quite a few times, actually, in my yeah world. Yeah, it's scary. There's a lot of people when it comes to psychosis, a lot of people, lay people, and I'm mm-hmm. not trying to be rude when no. I say that will read that someone has the symptoms of psychosis and be like, oh, that person's schizophrenic, which might not necessarily be true. And it's also seen as something that's happening over there. Mm -hmm. Where you get someone with a high fever, dehydration, low blood sugar, high blood sugar, lots of reasons for your mental health, mental status to change. My fever dreams are some of my favorite things that have ever happened. So I I woke up in the middle of the night one time when I had a fever dream and I was speaking Italian. Yeah. I know Italian. I learned it. It's not like it came out of nowhere. No, but it's still like, yeah, it's all it's all very real. And it's something to get checked out because it could be something very treatable, very right. fixable, but it could be be a disaster. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's all she wrote with that. His medical stuff was fascinating to me. 
All right, so they went over his medical record. He was violent and combative after the stabbing, which makes sense. He was still in a uh, state of psychosis when he was in the hospital, which is nothing new. You go into a hospital and you get a lot of people with mental status changes. Holy cow. Um, even um, taking older folks with maybe mild cognitive deficiencies out of their, sur- out of their environment, mm. you could see big mental health status changes, especially in the evening. That's something called sundowning. Right. And I mean, consider what an ER is like. There are bright lights. Yep. There's lots of people. The noise. The, it's loud. It's loud. And the feeling is very like, it's an emergency room. So it's it very is. rushed and like, like, uh, I don't know how. And there's a lot of stuff happening. Yeah. And that's not to any fault of anybody working no. in an emergency room. Freaking God love you. It, that is a rough gig. But it's not a place for mental health issues to be addressed are really a lot of physical issues. It's to get, it's air traffic control. It's to get everybody where they need to be. Exactly. Triage. It's triage. Yeah. It's literally them. Um, He had metabolic derangement. Uh, So I'm thinking his electrolytes were off, which makes a lot of sense. Like I said, not eating, not drinking, Mm. not sleeping. So his kidney function and his liver functions were very, very, very elevated. And he was also, he also had um, inflammation of his esophagus and his stomach, which makes sense. He was eating flesh and there was flesh chunks in in his teeth. Positive for pneumonia, which I'm thinking was an aspiration pneumonia. Okay. Because he was eating chunks of flesh. So, you know, when you say you, something went down the wrong pipe when you're eating, that means it goes into, you know, it goes into your lungs instead Mm of. Would that, would the symptoms appear that quickly? For pneumonia, mm-hmm. he was in the hospital for a bit. Oh, okay. That so the stuff was in there. his, yeah. Okay. So if you're eating, basically what he ate was raw meat. If that went into his lungs. No bueno. No bueno. No me gusta. His BP was in the toilet, which was, you know, he had very low blood pressure. Again, not eating, not sleeping, not drinking. Um, and they lost his airway. So he did have to be intubated. Mm-hmm. There yeah, too. I did see yep. that. He couldn't breathe. He couldn't breathe. Who knows what physical what physically happens after you ingest raw human flesh. Jeffrey Dahmer cooked this, cooked the flesh. So who knows what sort of bacteria he also bit people on. He also bit the person on the face and in the head and in the mouth. And there's a lot of bacteria in the mouth. This is Um, why you should not. (laughs) This sounds really stupid. This is why you should be careful when like your pet licks your face. Cause they, especially since they don't really brush their teeth unless you brush them. Yeah. um, They have a lot of bacteria in there. It's true. Um, He had, a large blood clot in his arm and smaller blood clots in his brain. So he could have had a, a deep vein thrombosis or a blood clot that could have broken off and gone into mm, his brain. That's scary. He also, that wouldn't show up as, that wouldn't have been as instantaneous necessarily. So was that from, he was also raising all hell all week. Mm-hmm. So he mm-hmm. physically hurt his body, I'm sure, at some point in all this. Um, he was in liver and kidney failure. Um, which is like an acute kidney injury, which could have happened, well, you know, from the, ele- he had elevated hormones probably when this was happening. So his body was really working overdrive to try to get rid of whatever was in him. Because mm-hmm. your liver and your kidneys are your garbage disposals. Yes. This is why you don't need diarrhea tea. You do not need diarrhea system. tea, for the love of yeah, God. If you have kidneys and you have a liver, which most humans do, mm-hmm. although some, you know, humans have non-functioning or poorly functioning ones, but you still don't need that. Yeah, diarrhea tea is not the answer. You either need, you know, dialysis Water. or a kidney transplant if you don't have those functioning organs. Yes, exactly. Um, That's it. And usually people who have those diagnoses know what they need. <laughs> and it's not your diarrhea tea. So stay out of people's DMs for the love of Christ. No, no. Anyway. I had a lady pop up on TikTok. Now, I don't remember what she was talking about, but she was like, oh, here's the thing that I use for X, Y, and Z. And people were like, what's the recipe? How do you use it? And she, so she posted another video and she's like, well, it's Young Living. And I was like, nope. delete block. Nope, nope, no, no, no. Do not we're be not peddling this on TikTok. Fuck off. Nope, you were not invited here. There is Facebook for that. Yes. Stay on Facebook. Stay on Pamela Facebook. People, so we can be away from you. Stay on Facebook, Pam. He ended up needing a feeding tube, which is not uncommon if you lose, if somebody loses their airway, they can't get nutrition in. Right. You always want to feed, um, if, for, if, you, if somebody's not going to be able to eat for any length of time, you want to feed 
people through the gut if you can, because you want to keep the GI system working. You can get TPN, which is um, nutrition through an intravenous. It looks like a bag of baby formula that goes into delicious. Oh my God. It's like a breeding ground for infection because there's so much sugar Mm. in it. I could listen. I could go, I can go on for days about artificial nutrition and hydration, but I won't. He had a headache, double vision, right ear pain. He was he did use his jaw to be ripping into flesh. So there's, yeah, I'm sure he did something to it there. We are not built for that. We are not built to be ripping into people's flesh, Jeffrey. That's it for the medical. That's it for the medical stuff. So it was really interesting, the physical maladies that were going on with his body, which probably came from the week of his behavior and from the act of just really physically. We don't, I, people, we don't rarely get to see like what physical medical things happen to the body after you commit a violent act like that. A lot of times like, you know, what the hell does it freaking matter? Who cares? You murdered somebody. I don't really want to get a blood test on you, but this was really, really interesting. When he got to the hospital as well, they were treating him as drugs. That's right. They were treating it as a substance induced episode. Sure. Um, until, and they were, you know, they were going to book him on that basically until I think the tox screen came back back negative. negative. And I mean, everyone corroborated the fact that he was not drinking or using any drugs for a long time leading up to this, not just like a week or two. It was a long time that he had sworn off all of that. Yeah. So I think I the thing about this case is that I just feel bad for everyone. I do too. Um, I don't think that I, I mean, I don't know Austin, but it doesn't seem like he would have done such a thing if he were of sound mind. And that makes me sad that this you know, he like came to and especially once he was medicated yeah. and being treated, he kind of ha- now he has to live with the fact that he did this. Yeah. But uh, it, the family of his victims are also completely justified. It and is- it's completely valid that they're angry and they're upset and mm-hmm. everyone loses here. Yeah, there's no there's no winner here. He in the the doctor came to the conclusion that he committed these crimes when he was in a manic episode with a psychosis. Um, and that his, he didn't, there was no malingering. He even mentioned that in his note. He goes, I don't think this kid is making this up. He said, everybody can fab, everybody confabulated his story. Everybody was really consistent. And he had no motive to kill these people either. Right. He had no, no clear motive. He didn't know them. The only motive was one induced by psychosis. Exactly. I do, I know I feel bad for all parties involved and you know I wanted to find a problem with this. Well, and so did Dr. Resnick, I think like you yeah. said he went into it assuming that he was making it up so that he could get off, not like get off like that, you know what I mean. <laughs> but he was like no, this all makes complete perfect sense. Sense. And what in another like another group of people that I feel bad for there's so many people sitting in prison with undertreated undiagnosed mental illness yes. that probably had a similar situation to this Mm -hmm. or were, you know, had some sort of underlying mental illness. This was a young kid that had access to resources. Family came for money. They could, they could go through this. They could get him a good psych eval for a doctor that was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to really delve into this. This was a 35, 38 page report. This guy did not skimp. So I wish this happened more often because he does not, there's not, there's no point of putting this kid in jail. Right. He ate, you know, he violently killed two people and attempted to, you know, engage in cannibalism. Does he need to be removed from society to some degree for some length of time? Yes, absolutely. But prison is not going to serve him. Right. Which prison doesn't serve a lot of people. No, because no. we like to pretend we work from a model of, what is the word? Rehabilitation? Yeah. That's bullshit. We don't. And I think, you know, I know people who work in the prison system, and I think they would completely agree with that statement. Right. And that's not because the effort isn't there. It's just right. it's a system that's not Correct. set up for that. It's set up for profit. Right. And who are you taking money from? Who's shitting in the water? Mm-hmm. And it's not, you know, it's not big corporations that are paying a lot of money into prison systems. It's the average human being. And there are people that absolutely need to be in prison. And I will send you my tax dollars. I will write out a personal check for you. But the people that commit nonviolent crimes, make them pay back the money. Yeah. Just make them pay back the money and don't waste my time keeping them in prison. It's tough. And it's controversial. This kind of reminds me there was a case in Canada, um, where an individual with schizophrenia had a psychotic episode on a Greyhound bus, and he tore the flesh of the person sitting next to him's face and mutilated that person who ended up dying. And 
It was kind of a similar case where he was treated in a mental institution and released into the public. And there was a lot of outcry um, from Canadians about that, which yeah. is understandable, yeah. I think, from both ends. I don't think it was the wrong choice to, for him to be treated and released on condition. Mm-hmm. I think it was yeah, a conditional release. But I also think that Canadians were valid, again, in, in being wary about that. Sure. Let's talk about clinical lycanthropy for a minute. So clinical lycanthropy is a real diagnosis and it is in the DSM because I remember taking our diagnostic diagnosis and treatment class. Mm -hmm. All therapists go through a class where we go over all of the diagnoses in the DSM. It's a lot of fun. Really, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And I remember seeing this and being like, I want to treat that one day. (laughs) I don't know. I'm just, no. It was my naivete as a student. But anyways... So I looked at a literature review of clinical lycanthropy throughout history, and they found 43 cases in the, from the late 1800s to present day, which 2020 was when this report was okay. made. So the, it's associated with sch- the schizophrenia spectrum, psychotic depression, bipolar disorders, and other disorders. It's majority schizophrenia and psychotic depression from what they found. So these were... It's kind of like a meta-analysis is what it's called, where they look at a whole bunch of different case reports or reviews or investigations or experiments, whatever, and they kind of compile it all into one thing. Like we said before, they're also caused by organic disorders such as epilepsy. It's possibly related, and this was our interesting part, um, it's possibly related to delusional misidentification syndromes or DMS such as Capgrass syndrome, when you believe that people familiar to you are imposters. So if I thought Jordan was somebody was dressed up as Jordan and it wasn't really her. Fregoli syndrome, which is when you think strangers are imposters of your familiar. So if I went out in public and I was like, that person is Jordan dressed up as a stranger, that's Fregoli syndrome. Reduplicative paramnesia, which is when you believe a familiar person, place, object, or body part has been duplicated. An intermetamorphosis syndrome, which was which is when an individual has you believe an individual has been transformed both physically and psychologically, which makes me think of the I don't remember what tribe I'm thinking like the Dakotas, the uh, indigenous myth of the Wendigo, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's probably what that was. I don't want to go into that because I don't think I have the cultural education or awareness enough to go into it. But it, the idea is that a Wendigo is was once a person who has been transformed both physically and psychologically. So there's a relationship between DMS and right brain hemisphere dysfunction. So there's something organic going on as well. Possible association with rapid cycling, bipolar disorder, and lunar, lunar cycles which is interesting. That is interesting. They had commented on, there's not really evidence for this necessarily, but they had made comment on um, how there may be something in our genetic framework that's related to lunar cycles. Anybody who works in healthcare or retail or customer service of any kind can tell you that when there's a full moon, people behave very differently. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So there's got to be something to that. But it's not been researched. No. So it's kind of just based on anecdotal evidence. I'm I'm anecdoting right now. Also, I was born on a full moon at night in a hospital, which makes sense. Yes. There's a possible cultural influence, which makes sense, including online information influencing or encouraging these delusions. So if someone... <laughs> there's like a TikTok community of people who think they're wolves. Not like they don't actually think it, but they're like role playing or whatever. So that it just made me think of that. Okay. I'd look it up. It's... Kind of hilarious. If you're not hurting anybody, go off. Right, exactly. Do it. We did weird things as youngsters, and most of these people are, like, teenagers or young adults, so, like, whatever. I mean, we, t- we talked to a camera about crimes. Right. Historical evidence of lycanthropy or, or uh, werewolf mm-hmm. syndrome. Um, if it's a dog, like with Austin, it's called kynanthropy. Canine makes sense. Um, so the oldest known mention is in the ancient Greek myth, myth and I'm going to try to say these, pronounce these as Greek. So the ancient Greek myth of Lycaon, who was the king of Arcadia, who was turned into a werewolf by Zeus after roasting his son's flesh. So like fair move by Zeus. Fair move. And he, after he was, he turned Lycaon into 
a wolf, he restored life to his son that he murdered. His It was an attention grab. He was like, mm, let's see if Zeus is actually omnipresent and mm-hmm. knows what's happening right now. And Zeus was like, I fucking saw you. I'm turning you into a wolf now. Can we talk about how freaking dramatic the Greek gods and goddesses? Is that why we like them? I don't know, maybe. Because <laughs> we're the... Dr- Also, does this remind you of a biblical story by any chance? Of course it does. Mm -hmm. It's all the same. It's the same. Anyways, the most famous case of zoanthropy, which is when you believe you can turn into an animal, Mm -hmm. um, is King Nebuchadnezzar. I'd like to thank my sixth grade history teacher for teaching me how to say that. Oh, I have the same one as you. Mr. Purcell. Um, King oh, Nebuchadnezzar II of Babylon. So <laughs> the report that I read said that he had a delusional beef transformation. <laughs> I was like, what is that? Like, did he think he turned into a steak specifically? I hope so. He had dreams that he was turning into an ox. Okay. In the Byzantine em- Empire, clinical lycanthropy was thought to be caused by melancholic depression or mania. So like getting close. Almost. In medieval or renaissance times, what do you think they, th- they thought it was? The devil. Yeah. Satanic influence. The devil. And that's all I have. But this is something that has existed throughout time and history. That's the same thing. Throughout history and throughout cultures is what I'm trying to say. But, you know, when you... So whenever you read stories like from the 18th century or the medieval times that talk about a werewolf, it could be... Somebody who had a mental illness, or it could be someone who had the physiological symptoms of what's called like werewolf Werewolf syndrome, syndrome, where they grow hair in everywhere on their body. Right. Et cetera. Either way, it it just tells the story of people who are different Mm -hmm. and society at the time was not able to recognize that and accept it. Yeah. Or they didn't have the, they didn't have the vocabulary. Right. Yeah. They didn't have the words. So they were like, well, I think there there was a guy named Peter Stockings or something (laughs) Oh, where's a werewolf in, like, Germany? So they, you know, he probably had something like Austin had, but they were like, go live in the woods. We don't want to deal with you. <laughs> You're a wolf. Go right. live in the woods. You're like, I, yeah, okay, well, it can't be here. Right. I guess people, I guess things eat things in the woods, so you're going to go there. The logic's there. Right. Yeah. <sighs> that was a tough one. That yeah, was that a was, long one. That, that was a lot. That was a lot to go. That was, like, a couple hours Yes. Of weeding through tedious medical records, which I don't mind doing. I, which, And I hope that this information helps to take away from the sensationalism of this story, because I really think that it was sen- sensationalized it was. because it of was. The, the very disturbing details, um, mm-hmm. which is fine. Like, I understand the interest in it, but let's not make it out to be like something magical was happening here or no, something just, unreal was happening was it's mental illness it was something really unfortunate and really really sad that i wish didn't happen right exactly because a lot of people's lives got ruined yeah well it's christmas eve should we ask a christmas themed random question i mean we can ask okay. me a, ask a christmas eve random oh, no i don't have one i thought of a random question okay go ahead. while i was doing my hair look how good it turned out um and i've already thought of the answer to this okay fuck mary kill Oh, God. I was thinking of making us a TikTok account and doing Fuck, Mary Kill on there. Oh, I've got... This is... I've really thought of this. Kanye West, Donald Trump, Elon Musk. Oh, no. That's I've so thought hard. of this. I've, I've already confabulated an answer. Well, kill Donald Trump. Okay. Fuck not Elon Musk because he has a birth fetish. So yep. marry him so I can have his money. Okay. And do good things with it. Okay. And I guess I would have to fuck Kanye West. Which, you know... Sometimes when someone's a little out of it, the sex is good. They or so they say. Right. So okay, and we can ask. What's her face? Who's my new idol? That Kim, Kim Kardashian. No, not Kim Kardashian. I don't care about her. Um, <laughs> Julia Fox. We can ask her how that was for her because she, had she sex with Kanye West. I assume she dated him for a while before okay. he became. Well, he was always anti-Semitic, but before he started coming out with those statements, and then she was like, "Yeah, I'm good." Yeah, I'm, no, thank you. No, thank you. I sir. adore her. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Fuck, yeah, fuck Kanye. It's either, also, this is all fictive. I'm a married woman. Um, fuck Kanye. You either, it's either good or you lie back and think of England. We're killing Elon. <laughs> we are killing Elon. He's a danger. We're not telling you to. We're not be killing violent. you. To, oh, no, 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 no. He's like, this the, is not a threat. This is not a threat. No, he's like the one that he's younger. He's got the longest lifetime to do the most. And he's, yeah, he's, yeah. We're marrying Trump. Be- worst case scenario, worst case scenario, he is old. 
The trash oh, is yeah, the okay. trash is going to take itself out. Mm-hmm. Best case scenario, I get to open the door for the FBI and say, "Go that way." <laughs> Which I'm sure Melania did. I I get to watch the I could watch a perp walk from the couch. <laughs> like see you never. I feel like Melania already had this experience. Auntie Gay. <laughs> he, he, he's, he's there. <laughs> I'm just got, just got. Plus, he got a dump truck. What? He got a dump truck. He got a, a booty. He got a big booty. <laughs> not, a, not a good one, but he does have a big booty. I love that I'm like, because I'm, I saw that scenario and I'm like, I, I'm, I'm doing my hair and I'm like, what would I do in that situation? They said the same thing about Elon Musk. I'm like, he's the youngest. He's really not, not so much. And Donald Trump's old. And Kanye is just plain old crazy pants. Crazy town banana pants. Crazy. Which doesn't excuse his behavior. No, 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 no. It, it no. explains it. it exp- yeah, it's an, it's an explanation. It is not an excuse. Exactly. Um, did you think of a Christmas question while we were having that? Uh, no, that I don't just, care anymore. That just that's took fine. all your synapses. Yeah, that's it. Um, so take care of yourself during the holiday season. Guess what? By the time this episode aired... It will have already been the solstice. It would have already been the shortest day of the year. And that means it's going to get lighter. We're going to do this. Yes. We're going to do this. Good Yule. Good Yule. Good Yule. And celebrate Christmas however you you fucking want. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. Everything's fake anyways. Yes. Do what makes you happy. Yeah. All the time. You don't need a, you don't need a dead tree in your yard, in your house to do something to make you happy and where can the people find us they can find us on instagram at biopsych pod they can find us on facebook at biopsychosocial a podcast a podcast and that's it we're not fuck twitter fuck twitter all right well have a good whatever yay festivus for the rest of us oh i love festivus bye bye